RPC Sermons Podcast. Today's episode is a special episode from our Facebook Live series entitled Closing the Distance. These are unscripted conversations with the pastors of RPC and various special guests reflecting on topics from our ongoing sermon series. If you're interested in learning more about this community of faith, visit roswellprez.org. Closing the Distance, I'm Jeff Myers here with Diane Duane, a longtime member here at Roswell Press. And so grateful, Diane, for you being here uh, with us today. Thank you. Thanks, Jeff. Good to be here. So one of the things we're going to try to do um, uh, during that this next season before Lent, we're in this sermon series called Help, and we're looking at areas of uh, human life that really felt needs we have that... Um, that our faith helps guide us through, sustain us. And this past Sunday, we looked at finding peace at a time of anxiety. I just, as we were just talking before uh, recording, I, I just drove in uh, what looked like a tsunami outside, you know, worried about, you know, cars and the pedestrians and rain and light. The, the boys who I just dropped off at school, they were worried about lightning striking them. Um, they're very anxious about it. And I thought it was very metaphorical for uh, our conversation about trying to um, trying to find peace in the storms of life because uh, it does it does uh, life presents us with many storms. How have you found um, ways to find peace amidst the storms of life? Mm. Uh, so um the first thing i would say about that is um and actually dr lane alderman had a great um he used to say it all the time i thatched my roof when the sun was shining and so the thing about when the storms come is that if you haven't prepared yourself it's going to be really tough to all of a sudden have the tools you need to um, to deal with the storm so my experience has been um, to do exactly that, to practice the things that help us um, manage anxiety and hold on to our faith prior to when they become really necessary. Mm -hmm. uh, let's start. Yeah, absolutely. Do you, um, what, have you always, because I mean, obviously you lead our yoga ministry, you've got, I mean, and not just here at RPC, but really broadly, I mean, especially during the pandemic, you really exploded it. Mm -hmm. um, and it grew and has ministered to so many folks. When did you, have you been a person that's always kind of practiced trying to find peace in its anxiety or is this, was there an inflection point where? Um... Well, there was, so I've always been a mover. So that's my thing. And so when most of us, when we think about yoga now, we think about the practice of all the poses, like moving through a bunch of poses. And so that's, I've always been a mover. I was trained as a dancer and I played a lot of sports and and then I took a yoga class like back in 2000 and it was actually a hot yoga class. And I just, I mean, I just loved it. thought it was great. It was a great way to keep from getting injured, running and stuff, got nice and stretchy and loose. And, um, 
and that was all good. And I practiced kind of off and on um, until 2011. Well, no, sometime in, sometime in there, I, I had gotten, you know, a more regular practice, but then I, and probably many of you have heard the story in 2011, I find my, I had found myself needing to be still for pretty much months because I was in a car accident. And so I had all these injuries that prevented me from moving and doing all the things that I uh, was used to doing. And it was the yoga had taught me not so much about movement, but it had taught me how to be still. Mm. And so the whole, you know, that that's the thing. And it's the breathing, it's the movement and the breathing and connecting the two and then ending in stillness. That is uh, where I found like a real practical um, kind of toolbox that uh, helps me maintain equanimity, which is wow. one of my favorite words. <laughs> that is a good word. Um, <laughs> now, when you just, uh, I, this reminds me of, um, golly, so hot yoga. I, uh, I one of the first weddings I ever officiated, uh, the bride's mother was a hot yoga teacher. And uh, and by that, I mean warm yoga. I mean, she was pretty <laughs> got to be careful with how you use this language. And I said to her, I said, I said, so let me get, and I'd never heard of hot yoga before. So I was asking her, I was like, I said, wait, so you're going to stretch to, you're going to sit, you're going to stretch in different moves and pull until it hurts. And it's extremely, extremely hot. Isn't that the description of hell? <laughs> <laughs> and she said, no, Jeff, no, you, you need to come try it. I've, I've fine line. Hot yoga, but I, I appreciate very fine line. Uh, meditation yeah. and, and yoga. Now you now okay. Let's talk about some of the um, you know. So people might be listening. They say, "Oh, Diane Duane, she's got it all together. She's figured it out. She doesn't have any stress or anxieties in her life." You have three grown children. Um, you're married. Uh, you're very involved in uh, many different organizations. What are some of the things that cause you anxiety? Oh. Um, definitely being overly busy, right? So having to go from one thing to another without any kind of pause or reflection, um, that takes its toll. Um, what else? Well, um, you know, family relations. I mean, I'll just put it out there. If it's okay with you, Jeff, we've talked about, um, my dad actually passed yesterday and, um, you know, there's a lot of stress and emotions and anxiety around that. And um, even then, the the practices of sit, moving, breathing, especially breathing, sitting in silence, um, have been um, really practical, helpful tools the last couple of days. So, um, well, thank you for sharing that, Diane. And, and when we talked, I, I said, you, you don't have to do this. But then I also thought maybe it might be the most honest um, way of just speaking into the, where, how life happens in ways that right. are unpredictable. Yeah. And I, like I said to you, Jeff, it's an opportunity for me to practice what I preach. Right. So <laughs> I mean, if you're going to have the tools, then use them when you need them. Yeah. So. Yeah. I hate practicing what I preach. <laughs> um, well, you, you're such a blessing. Okay, so how often, let's say, how often do you practice? And what does your practice consist okay, of? Okay, so um, it's, uh, it's always evolving. And um, recently I have been sitting in silence in meditation um, more. And so I've been doing that every day 
um, for a while now. Not I mean, not years, like since last June. And so that is a really, really grounding practice, but it's, um, you know, it's, it's hard. It's really hard. So you practice um, every day or, or t- try to? Yes. Mm-hmm. And like how long? Um, 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 usually, tw- usually 20 minutes. So, um, but it's, it's, uh, it's not something you get good at necessarily. Every day is different. Some days, uh, you know, the Christian tradition has a long history of, of uh, sitting in silence. We just seem to kind of have lost it and assigned it to, to Eastern traditions that we um, sometimes are even kind of afraid of. But um, uh, Christian contemplative prayer, prayer is, um, you know, it's been around since Thomas Aquinas, I think. And um, the whole thing about that is every time you get distracted and you lose the ability to pay attention just to your breath, it's another opportunity to come back to God. Mm. So in essence, the worse you are at it, the better off you are. It's not something, you know, we don't perfect it at all. Yes, yes. So. I One of my best friends is an assistant U.S. attorney here in the Atlanta area for the Justice Department. And he's you know, prosecuted various kinds of cases over the years. And, um, and I asked him, and he's one of the more, other than you, maybe one of the most disciplined um, practices of, of meditation. And I, and I asked him, I said, you know, how do you, why, why do you do it? How, and, and he said to me, he said, just to like get through the day, like mm-hmm. to, to kind of cleanse one's mind, to center oneself. Cause he says, I was, I was always so angry I was, um, my emotions would get the best of me. Uh, and he, he found a way to center himself on what, on, and find peace and let the chaos, um, kind of swirl around, but find that eye of the storm uh, and center himself. And it was really prophetic. It's, it's funny when uh, a prophetic word is sit still and do nothing. (laughs) Don't just do something, sit there. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. And that's doing nothing is sometimes the hardest thing to do. Right. Well, it doesn't make any sense, right? So I actually looked up um, the, it was Philippians 4, 7 that you preached on yesterday, I think. So uh, so, um, I looked up a couple of the Greek words and um, interestingly enough, the root for peace in that, I think in that passage is uh, Iro, Mm -hmm. or it means, can mean to join. Um, so that's a way of like, you know, just sitting and, and joining our, getting back in touch with our body and just breathing. Mm-hmm. The word for um, pass or pass um, can mean rise above reason. So, oh. I mean, it doesn't make any sense, right? We are caught up in reason and logic and science and all that stuff, but it doesn't make any sense that, that we could just sit still and be in silence. And that is what can get us through. Mm-hmm. but it can yeah absolutely so as presbyterians you know we, we consider ourselves uh, you know fairly educated you don't want to educate ourselves about things if folks were looking to read some kind of teachers on these practices mm-hmm. who are folks that we could consult that you found helpful in your own right. uh, journey that might be helpful for us yeah so um i mentioned uh christian contemplative player pe- prayer um basil pennington it's an old book i think it's got a forward by thomas keating it's called an introduction to um centering prayer is a great little book it's not very long um this year actually richard Rohr, which you know i'm a huge richard Rohr fan he's um 
at the Center for Action and Contemplation, which is a whole other part of it. Um, he, his uh, devotionals this year are on resilience or resiliency. And so I think that's a, um, a great daily resource people might check out. Um, and uh, the thing about that is when, we're, when we get anxious about things, I noticed this particularly in 2020, there was so much anxiety, not only around the pandemic, but racial issues. And um, people didn't know what to do with it. They, with it. they wanted to do something and they didn't know what to do with it. And part of what sitting in silence um, can give us is that space, that mm -hmm. ability to just wait and then listen for the spirit to know what exactly it is ours to do. You know, so we don't fly off trying to accomplish something that we're not skilled or gifted to do. Mm -hmm. So, um, so those are two resources. Um, I think probably you could find um, some Richard Foster stuff about sitting in silence and meditation. And he's, he actually does uh, caution kind of caution, like careful how you go into it, because if you're not uh, really seeking a closer relationship with God, um, your brain or um, that sin separation from God is just going to make it worse. And you're just going to mm -hmm. start spinning. Your wheels are just going to start spinning stories that aren't, they're just going to feed your anxiety. Yeah. So, um, it's, Absolutely. There's just, mm -hmm. Yeah. His book, Celebration of Discipline on kind of a, a myriad of disciplines. Mm -hmm. Very helpful. And it was really helpful recovering from Protestants, I think in the eighties, you know, right. Uh, just like you mentioned this like long tradition that had kind of gone dormant and people didn't know mm -hmm. about. And I think right. people have really been blessed um, through his writing and work. Mm -hmm. Actually, you mentioned Richard Rohr. I don't know if I told you this. When I, um, my first year at RPC, somebody gave me a daily devotional of Richard mm -hmm. Rohr's. Uh -huh. um, it was selections from various books he'd written for uh -huh. three to six, five days. And so that was how mm -hmm. I got started uh, devotionally when I was here at RPC. It was, it was really, really nice. helpful when I, I yeah. felt like, oh my goodness, what have I gotten myself into? Come back. <laughs> Okay, find your center in your your prayer life. You know, it's you're gonna right. be okay. Uh, but yeah. but to find that center um, mm -hmm. with myself and with God was really yeah. really important. Mm -hmm. Well, what do you think? Um, what do you think we practice a little bit? I think that would be great. I think um, you know, for some it will um, be be easy, and for some of us it'll be really hard. And and um, but it's a way to get started. Absolutely, it's kind of you know. Like training, just right. training a little bit. So, a what lot. do you think about five minutes? Yeah, let's do five. And why don't you why don't you do maybe like if you were leading a group? So let's just assume there's a bunch of folks that are listening. Now, if you're in your car driving, hit pause <laughs> and pull over. You know, do wait till you get home. But other than that, uh, why don't you just guide us through what you would sure. do and uh, and and teach us. Okay, and so um, while the invitation is for uh, to sit in silence, I might occasionally during the five minutes, you know, give you a verbal cue to bring you back or um, kind of a tip to help stay um, centered. And so, yeah, so the first thing is, you know, posture. Um, you could sit on the, you know, if you're at home, you could sit on kind of a couple of pillows or a cushion on the floor with your legs crossed. Um, you want to have your back kind of away from the back of a chair. So if you're able to sitting so that your spine is um, naturally straight. And um, <clears throat> so I'm going to invite you to close your eyes and just kind of check in with your body. If you can have your feet flat on the floor, if you're in a chair and check in with the legs. 
that they're comfortable enough to sit for a few minutes in stillness. Stillness is a prerequisite for concentration or, or single pointed focus. And try and keep your eyes still, whether they're open or closed. Keep your shoulders stacked right over your hips. Back as straight as possible to support you, head over the neck. Just check in with the teeth. Relax the tongue and the jaw. And then begin to focus on your breath. In through the nose and out through the nose. So for the scientists in you, there's actually a study that says breathing in through the nose and out through the nose is better for our brains neurologically than breathing through the mouth. So what you might do is notice the cool inhale. And then the warmer exhale on the top of your lip. The coolness on the inhale through the nostrils. Warmer, subtle sensation as you exhale on the top of the lip. Quite frankly, when I started, it took me about two weeks to notice that subtle warmth. So that's all you have to do. One breath is a complete practice. Inhaling, relax. Exhaling, stay alert. See if you can find that space where the exhale turns into the inhale again. So if you're already starting to panic a little bitty, a little bit, one of the insights of meditation is that nothing is permanent. Just relax on the inhale. Stay awake on the exhale. It said that if you can stay focused on your breath for five breaths in a row, automatic concentration or focus will come naturally.
fine. Let your breath just flow freely. Not forcing neither the inhale nor the exhale. Another insight is that nothing, if it is real, lacks intrinsic satisfaction. So this isn't just is what it is, not necessarily good or bad. Those are just stories we tell ourselves. Just a few more breaths. Cool sensation on the inhale. Subtler, warmer sensation on the exhale and see if you can find that space where the exhale turns back into the inhale. Then when you're ready, just slowly and gently, maybe flat your eyelashes a little bit, bring your attention back to your space. And take a moment before you begin moving and speaking to notice if there's a difference in how you feel. And there you go. Mm. That was actually uh, more than five minutes, a little bit more. So well done. Wow. You all stuck with me. That was great. And you might, it might you know, you might not feel any different. Um, again, it's a practice. Right. So. Okay. Coming back to my to my body, mm -hmm. I have some um, some questions. Mm -hmm. I noticed my mind. I started wandering. I started. I I was thinking about people I needed to call at the hospital today. Thought about my grocery list. How should I treat those thoughts that I have? Hmm. So in um, Christian contemplative prayer, they use the four R's. And the first one would be resist no thought. So you let them float by, float by like a puffy cloud. Um, or you could think of yourself at the bottom of a shallow stream and that you're just floating underneath the surface. And that's just a leaf floating down the, uh, down the stream away from you. So the first is resist no thought. They're just going to happen. But the next one is retain no thought. So once you've noticed the thought, let it go. The most important one for me might be react to no thought. So no judgment about it. Just let it go. Yeah. Um, and then it's just return. So return to your breath and just begin again. So I think for me, it's that, you know, try not to judge yourself about it. My, for me, that's always the grocery list, right? Like, you know, 
uh, or the, you know, the three next things I need to do kind of thing. So sometimes I find myself, I get caught up in a story that might, it might've been like five minutes long and it's taken me that long. Like I'm so totally into the story. I've bought my ticket to Paris and booked a hotel and, you know, and say, so, oh my gosh, just come back and let it go. Yes. So. Um, what do you think? I'm trying to remember this woman. Do you know Sarah Coakley? Mm -mm. She's um, she's a theologian, but also blends like systematic theology and spiritual practices. Mm -hmm. She was she was teaching at Harvard Divinity School, and she wanted to mm -hmm. become an Episcopalian priest. And she ended up she had to do an internship, and so she became a chaplain at the Boston City Jail. And she went in and led a, um, it was really cool. She went in and led a centering prayer group. It's called. Um, I think I've heard of this. Yeah. Prayer is, what is it called? It's like, oh, prayer at, or like prayer is resistance or something. Mm -hmm. And she said, you know, a jail yes, is yes. so noisy that finding any peace is really difficult. And many of these men were African-American actually. And so she told them, she said, Y'all know that St. Augustine, Augustine of Hippo, one of the most important writers in Christian history, was African. And right. you know, he talks about uh, centering prayer and uh, it has roots, you know, that go back to right. um, Augustine even before. And um, and it was just such a powerful, right. again, prophetic word of even in the most chaotic mm -hmm. environments of conflict, you can find um mm -hmm find peace through this practice do you um do you think does it matter when i do it should i do it the same <clears> time day? <throat> can i vary that's a good question but also i want to save just a couple minutes because i want to ask you a question if you don't mind um i have found that um it does it, it it's better to do it first thing in the morning because it's kind of way to set yourself um <clears throat> uh there there's lots of other things that can go along with it. There's a meta meditation or loving kindness meditation, which is a great way to start the day, which is you start with compassion and kindness for yourself and then others. And, and so you kind of grow that energy so that if, when you get into a difficult situation during the day, you can kind of come back to your, that groundedness. So probably best first thing in the morning, but honestly, I, I my discipline has not extended that far. Um, so even if it's, you know, after dinner, better sometime than not at all right and do you find it helpful to to move around like to do it in different places or do you do it in try to do it in the same place mm -hmm. uh, i think it's easier to have a have a space you know that, and do it in the same place but it's um you know it's not about that so we travel a lot and i've had to make do and make up and you know uh that actually the space between you board a plane and it takes off is about 20 minutes. It's a perfect time to do it. Yeah. That's, that's fantastic. <laughs> well, this has been, this has been really interesting, uh, Diane. Thank you so much for, you're um, welcome. For, well, can I ask uh, you a question? Yeah, yeah, sure. Okay. So I'm curious about what, um, like, what are the things that you, that you hear from people? Uh, you know, you're in the turtle flipping business. What are the things that you hear from people uh, and if you know what that means, go back and listen to Jeff's sermon. Um, uh, but, you know, what what are the anxieties that people bring to you most often? I think 
you know, I think marriage problems, problems with family, like financial problems, I think mm -hmm. stress at work. Mm -hmm. um, I think the future, I think a lot, I think a lot of people okay. um, watch a lot of TV news mm -hmm. and they're worried about things on the other side of the world. Um, they're worried about the state of mm -hmm. politics, uh, the very isms, you know, you mentioned racism, right. Right. And that causes a lot of people anxiety. Mm -hmm. And okay. um, in my experience, a lot of these things, there's nothing you can do about it. Like, like we, I mean, we can pray, we can, we can call our legislators if it's political, you know, we can, we can try to change, but uh, you know, the work environment, whatever. And I'm not saying we don't have agency and we shouldn't act, but I think a lot of us feel helpless. Mm -hmm. And I think I found recommending people to have a regular meditative prayer, centering prayer practice is like you mentioned, letting, learning to let those, those anxieties, those ideas, those fears float away mm -hmm. that we have to find something, um, in our, to connect with God right. in a way that's disconnected mm -hmm. from those anxieties and worries that those can't be at the center of our lives. Right. Yeah. So I appreciate that. I have a couple of, I've kind of a couple of things I want to close on that. So that's why backing up and sitting in stillness is so important because it, it might give us the freedom to realize that that's not ours to fix. You know, for instance, in my case, you know, I spend a lot of my time trying to equip others to be able to go out and do what they can do in the world, but it's not, I can't go out there in the world and do it all too. I'm, I'm working in my space to equip others. And so there's that so there's learning to what is yours to do and not to do. And I just want to go back to that verse. And it struck me that, you know, pass the peace that passes all understanding. We have to pass on a lot of other stuff, pass on social media, pass on the news, pass on, uh, you know, uh, thinking that uh, all of the family drama is your fault or that you need to fix it. You know, uh, there's a lot of things we can pass on to get to that peace mm. um, and to make it a lot easier. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And I think you know, it's finding a healthy balance of you have agency to, to love, to, to work, to, to work for justice in the world, but you're not God. <laughs> and <laughs> the world is not uh, <laughs> your beck and call. It's not, you can't change it all by yourself. You can do something, but you can't do everything. And so, but most of our lives we're going go like you mentioned the modern world we're going 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 and you have to step away or you'll be overwhelmed right so i agree diane thank you so much if people want to be a part of because you have a regular like both in-person and virtual yoga practice right that people yeah most of it's still virtual but i'm right up the street from rousel presbyterian and people are welcome to uh reach out uh you know i'm in the rpc directory um, and we'll start back up on uh, Tuesday evenings. We, you know, we usually practice for 10, 12 weeks or so, beginning sometime before Lent and go into the early summer. So we'll start that up again soon. And you have a regular email you send out every Sunday. I do. Um, how, if people want to subscribe to that, how can they access it? Okay, so um, they can either just email me my, my, my personal email that's in the church or... Um, so the um, place that they can find me on the internet is called Almost Home Yoga, which um, 
point of that is it's a journey and you know we never really get there we just keep practicing so almosthomeyoga.com and you'll find me there thanks for asking well that i i i'm excited i love encouraging people to to, to meditate i think it's a really practice that can be really transformative um yeah, yeah as we said mm -hmm. uh, it's sometimes doing nothing can be the hardest thing to do it's a tsunami out there jeff we got to do all we can to find the eye of the storm Amen. Which thank we you. both know is our faith, right? Absolutely. Faith in God. Yeah. Well, thank you, Diane, Dwayne. Thank right. you for closing the distance today, and uh, I'll see you soon. You're welcome. All right. Have a great day. You too. Bye-bye.